بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ وسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا نائنٹینتھ آف مے ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا ٹوینٹی Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu And I've reached a point where I've mentioned that the blessed verse 93 of Surah Maida was revealed in which Allah the Almighty and Glorious He, he said that those who believe and do righteous deeds there is no blame for what they consumed i.e. in the past and the reason was of the query of the Bani Israel who said that some of the Muslims had been killed with wine in their system. Subhanallah, it was here that the noble Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was given another endless praise. For he himself, he related, when this verse was revealed, i.e. verse 93 of Surah Maida, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, لَيْسَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ جُنَاحٌ فِي مَا تَعِمُوا On those who believe and do righteous deeds, then there is no blame for what they consumed, i.e. in the past, if they have taqwa and belief. So Ibn Masood said, when this verse was revealed, I was thereupon told by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I was informed that you are one of them. I, you do not need to worry, for you have iman, taqwa, and perform righteous deeds. So this is recorded in Sayyid Muslim, number 6325, in the chapter on the virtues of the companions, Nasai Tirmadi, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, volume 3, page 263 of the English translation. So, like I mentioned yesterday, this verse was revealed, i.e., in honor of those martyrs of Uhud. But, also, Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed it to honor some of the living. And the Prophet Wasallam told Ibn Mas'ud, I was informed that you are one of them. So what does it mean? I was informed that you are one of them. Because the verse says, those who believe, do righteous deeds and have taqwa. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious, what greater testification can there be for anyone's iman, taqwa and purity of deeds than from the Lord of the worlds himself. So note, many of the holy verses were revealed either for this great man or to honor this great man. So if a person says, how do you know he was sincere? How do you know he was a man of taqwa? He had iman. The Quran is telling you. And the Prophet himself said this. Indeed, our beloved Messenger would often highlight that this majestic soul was amongst those who were most near and dear to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Sayyid Bukhari, number 32. Sayyid Muslim, number 124. Tirmidhi, number 3078. Hassan Sahih. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4031, Ibn Abi Hatim, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 504 of the New English Translation. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud himself, radiyallahu, he relates. 
it was very heavy upon the companions when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the following verse Surah Al-An'am Surah 6 verse 82 وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ Those who do not mix their faith with wrongdoing. They just said to Rasulullah Which of us does not commit wrongdoing, Ya Rasulullah? Rasulullah thereupon said, It is not as you think. I zulm in this verse does not refer to wrongdoing. Luqman said to his son, and the Prophet recited, Surah Luqman verse 13. O my beloved son, do not associate any with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, association is the worst zulm. Ai, thus the word zulm in the holy verse refers to shirk and not any sin. So let's break this down. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim. So which verse initially caused heaviness on the companions? The verse, and it's not the full verse, but the relevant part. Those who do not mix their iman with zulm. So if you take it literally, all of us are doomed. <laughs> Because which one of us doesn't commit some sort of wrong? So Allah is saying here that your iman is only of use if you don't mix it with zulm. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, which one of us doesn't commit zulm? In other words, how is that possible to live according to this verse? The Prophet said, zulm in this verse does not refer to zulm. He goes, Luqman what did he say? Ya Buniyya. O oh my beloved son, la tushrik billah, don't commit shirk with Allah. Then he said, inna shirka la zulmun azim. Verily shirk is the worst zulm. So the Prophet was saying that the verse that you are thinking is referring to any sin is not, it's only referring to shirk. <laughs> so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ those who do not mix their iman with zulm. He's saying as long as you don't commit shirk, your iman will benefit you. But he didn't use the word shirk. <laughs> That's interesting. Why didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because he wants you to go through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa the sahaba, obviously they know the language. And this proves, people say if I'm an expert in the Arabic language, can I comment upon the Quran? No, you can't. <laughs> And he goes, why? Because sometimes even the correct translation of the word is wrong. If you say to a person, be honest, even in our language, if you say translate zulm, would you say shirk? You know, you'd say oppression, a zalim, uh, you know, a person who goes over bounds. But here, Allah is referring to shirk. And the explanation was given by Rasulullah, who's quoting Luqman, alayhi salam. In another narration, there's an addition. In Ibn Mardawih, Ibn Katir's Tafsir, volume 2, page 53, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 504 to 5 of the New English Translation, when the verse was revealed, and it's the complete verse, Alladheena amanu wa lam yalbisu imanuhum bithulmin ula'ika lahum ul'amnu wa hum muhdadun It is those who believe 
and do not mix their faith with zulm, doing that are truly in security, for they are upon <coughs> guidance. Rasulullah said, I was informed that you or Ibn Mas'ud was among such people. So let's look at this. So in Bukhari and Muslim, this addition is not mentioned. But in these references, it adds that the Prophet said, I was informed that you are amongst these people. So now what does Allah say about Ibn Mas'ud? He says that he is a believer. He doesn't mix his iman with zulm. He is sincere. He is upon guidance. So look at the two narrations I've gone through today. In the previous narration in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet said, I was informed that you are one of them. I referred to Surah 5 verse 93. Where Allah says, you are a man of iman, you are a man of taqwa, you are a man of righteous deeds. In this authentic report, he says it again. I was informed that you are one of them. You are a man of Iman. You don't mix Iman with Zulm. You are a person of security. You are a person of guidance. And all of that is from the Quran. SubhanAllah. So note the great status of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud that Rasulullah was telling him that you are being praised in the Quran. But of course, other souls are certainly also indicated. So moving on from the Battle of Uhud. The next section entitled The Severity of the Encounter Known as the Battle of the Trench The next main encounter was the Battle of the Trench Abu Ubaidah the son of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he relates from his father that he said we were with Rasulullah and we were prevented from praying Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib and Isha فَاشْتَدَّ ذَلِكَ عَلِيَّ فَقُلْتُ فِي نَفْسِي نَحْنُ مَعَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ وَفِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ I felt very upset about this. And I said to myself, we are with Rasulullah صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ We're fighting for the sake of Allah. Yet this has happened. Let's open the report. So Ibn Masood, he is narrating. And he's saying that during a certain time, we were prevented from four further prayers. You couldn't pray Zohar on time, Asr, Maghrib or Isha. Then look what he said. I felt very upset and I said to myself, we are with Rasulullah and we are fighting for the sake of Allah. Why has this happened? The Prophet then ordered Bilal called the Azan and he did so. Then Bilal made the Iqamah and they offered the Zuhr, Ay Qaza. Then he, Radiyallahu who made the Iqama, and they offered the Asr, Ay Qaza. Then he made the Iqama, and they offered the Maghrib, Ay Qaza. Then he made the Iqama, and they offered the Ishabra. He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then went around us and said to lift our spirits, Ma alal ardi, there is no group on the face of the earth who is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most honored and sublime except you. So let's look at this. So first, is it authentic? In Nasai, number 623, 663, 664 is Hasan. 
Tinbadi, number 179, states, There is no objection to the chain except Abu Ubaidah did not hear from his father Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Ahmed in his Musnad 1-375, Behaki 1-403, Ibn Katir, see the volume 3, page 150 of the English translation. So, is there a problem with the chain? And like I mentioned in one of the previous sessions, that his son, even though it's his son, his own flesh and blood, he wasn't old enough to hear from his father. So, there is a slight weakness. However, this narration is supported by another hadith from Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, related by Nasai, number 662, with a Sahih chain of transmission. Ahmad 3-25, Behaki 1-402-3, Ibn Hiban in his Mawarid, number 285, Ibn Khuzayma, number 996, Sahih, Abu Dawr al-Tayalasi, number 2231, Sahih, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 3, page 150 of the English translation. <laughs> so, the hadith has a slight weakness. But it becomes rock solid because of another report which mentions basically the same thing, which is Sahih. In addition, Jabir ibn Abdullah, he relates identically, referred to Bazar ibn Kathir Sira, volume 3, page 150 to one of the English translations. Thus, the hadith is Sahih. So, simply put, the hadith is flawless when you look at all of the relevant chains who've narrated the report. Now, let's go to the text. So, ibn Mas'ud, he said, we didn't pray Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. So how on earth could Rasulullah miss these prayers? Let alone the Sahaba, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was the battle of the trench. And Ibn Masood, he was so hurt over this. He goes, we're with the Prophet. We're doing jihad for the sake of Allah. We missed the prayer. Now what's interesting about that? What would be the noble mindset? The noble mindset would have been, Allah is surely going to forgive us. Because we're doing jihad and we're obeying the Prophet. So what does that tell you about the Sahaba? They haven't got a no, they're on another level. He goes, he's upset. So then the Prophet Islam, look at the it's interesting. This proves what we are supposed to do with regards to the Qazar prayers. So if a prayer has been missed with a genuine excuse, you can offer it in congregation, even though it's Qazar. <laughs> How strange that is. So obviously, usually Fajr is missed because you oversleep. So can you offer that in congregation? Yeah, if your family also overslept. <laughs> you make the Azan, he ordered Bilal to do the Azan. Then you say the Iqamah, even though the prayer is Qaza. Then what's interesting, there's no more Azan. He then said to Bilal, make the Iqamah. So there's another Iqamah for the second Qaza prayer, Asr. Make the Iqamah, Maghrib. Make the Iqamah. So there's only one Azan. And then look how beautiful. Rasulullah saw that they were, you know, feeling low. And he said to them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ma ardi isabatan azza wa jalla There is no group on the earth who is remembering Allah most honored and sublime except you. Meaning, how can you feel low? <laughs> when there's nobody on this end. Imagine what was happening on the earth. Romans are having their orgies. <laughs> Persians were getting married to their stepmothers. Right? Imagine any, this is what's happening around the world. Who are the only people worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How can you feel low? In other words, anybody's going to feel low is them. But not the beautiful support the Prophet gave. So, what does this prove about the battle of the trench? You know, people don't need to go too deep into it. Was it an intense siege? 
<laughs> so people start going into the like you know the the battle formations because they dug the trench and there was ten this part of the trench. But they're making it complicated. They miss four prayers. Because who miss four prayers? <laughs> right? Think about it. Could Rasulullah miss a prayer? How intense must the siege be that you can't even you know make a salad in movement? One salad, two, three, four. Subhanallah. What does the Quran say? How graphically did our exalted Lord describe the state when he said subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab, Surah 33, verse 10 and 11. Behold, they came upon you from above, I the unholy allies outside, and they came upon you from below, I the treacherous Banukuraza within the trench. And behold, the eyes became dim and the hearts gaped up to the throats and you imagine various thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that situation were the believers tested and indeed they were shaken by a mighty shaking. Subhanallah. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He gives you a glimpse of what they were going through. Basically, you were completely surrounded. You feared an attack from the outside. You were fearing an attack from the inside. Your eyes were becoming dim and your hearts were, you were feeling your heart beating your throat and you were thinking things about Allah. And what does Allah Allah then say? Now this is very important. If you stop there, you will think, hang on a minute. What does Allah Ta'ala say about the Sahaba? Mm-hmm. And you imagine various thoughts about Allah. What's these thoughts? Mm-hmm. If you stop there, you can start thinking ill of the Sahaba. But read the next verse, your fruit cake. Mm-hmm. In that situation where the believers tested, stop. Mm-hmm. What does Allah Ta'ala call them? Mm-hmm. Believers. So don't think in the previous verse that they were having thoughts like hypocrisy because this was just because of the severity of the situation. And Allah Ta'ala then says, And indeed they were shaken by a mighty shaking who shook them. Now this proves their status. Be honest. We can't help. Well, if we were there, what do we miss Salat for? Oh, I combined it. Combine it for what? <laughs> they went shopping. MashaAllah. Not even they were just combining for the you know for the hell of it. Kaza is a joke. You know, oh brother, I, did, I, did, I pray my five prayers. So how did you pray? I did four kazas. I was working all day. So here Allah Ta'ala says, I shook them with a mighty shaking, zilzal and shadida. Why is that critical in understanding the status of the sahaba? Because the Prophet said, you will be tested according to your religious commitment. If your commitment is strong, you will be tested severely. And if your commitment is less, you will be tested accordingly. This is the rough meaning. In Imam Ahmad's Musnad Sahih Hadith. So what does that tell you about the Sahab? Allah didn't just test them. 
Like we say in today's day and age, he threw the kitchen sink at them. Did they pass? He called them believers. Now think about that. Allah was dis- he had designed all this to highlight their status. And consider also the report. So this is recorded in Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 3, page 154 of the English translation. Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 1, page 450 to 1 of the New English translation. Muhammad ibn Ka'ab al-Qurazi, rahmatullah alayhi, he said, A person from Kufa once asked Hudayfa, radiyallahu, Ya Abu Abdullah, radiyallahu, Did you see Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa Did you associate with him? He replied, yes, my dear nephew. The person asked, what was it that you people used to do? Hudayfa radiyallahu replied, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we used to exert ourselves tremendously. The person then, he said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, had we been in the time of Rasulullah, we would not have allowed him to walk on the earth. But we would have carried him on our shoulders. Stop in the report. So this person, you know, he's, he's he just missed the prophet. So you know, obviously, you can expect him to make statements like this. And he basically said, and he was grieving. He was thinking, just like we say, just missed the prophet. But if I was there, he said, we wouldn't even let him walk. We'd be carrying him. In another report, a man said, if I had been alive with Rasulullah, I would have fought alongside him heroically. Hudayfa said, would you have indeed? This is in Sayyid Muslim, number 1788, in the chapter on Jihad, Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 3, page 155 of the English translation. So this is another very important report. Why? Because there's many heroes you know, keyboard heroes, they call it keyboard warriors. So, do we, who are these heroes? So, this person said, I would have been a hero, not behind the Prophet. I would have been next to him, side by side. How many people say that now? Imagine, the Jal comes out, take him on. They're about taking on his command, his genders, oh, I'm not bothered about that, go for the Jal. He goes, well, but, you know, you're thinking, hang on a minute. Have you ever been on the battlefield? No. But God knows what I would do. Because that's true. <laughs> so, quote this hadith. The keeper of secrets who knew the monafics, how did he respond to that? He goes, would you indeed? <laughs> In other words, you know, you've made a nice statement. But like we said, you know, like you can see, you can actually, you know, they take the humor in that statement as if to say, you know, bus, you know, calm down and they don't make statements. Allah Ta'ala did not allow you to be with the Prophet. Mm. Allah Ta'ala chose the companion. So that's the first thing. Secondly, you're going to fight side by side. And if you think about it, how ludicrous a statement. Why? Because even Ali, Shere Khuda, what did he say? When the fighting became severe, the bravest of us sought, sought, sought shelter behind Rasulullah. <laughs> So even Ali didn't say we were next to him shoulder to shoulder. And these are the heroes in it, mashallah. So Hudayfa could have slammed him, but he didn't. He said, would you indeed? So note, Hudayfa was going to highlight, which I'll mention tomorrow, how severe that encounter was. So note, who described it best? Now, obviously, this is 
apart from the verses of the Quran. Ibn Masood. What did I mention about Ibn Masood? He just goes straight for the crunch. Hmm. He could have talked about the tactical formations. He could have talked about the severity, the length of the siege. He could have talked about this, that. How did he beautifully get across that this was an intense siege? And he mentioned Salat. Look how beautiful. Talked about Uhud. How beautifully he described the loss. What did he talk about? Because they desired the world. So note, he is the jurist. He's explaining why, why these things are taking place. It was such a severe test. Allah put the companions through alongside the Prophet And I'll mention the report of Hudayfa tomorrow. So all I mentioned today was basically again some other holy sacred verses in which Ibn Mas'ud was placed highlighting his purity and his worship. And then I mentioned now that even during the battle of the trench he was describing most beautifully how severe the encounter was. And I mentioned some relevant things in this regard. Are there any questions? Let us. Subhanallah bihamdi ismanika Allahumma bihamdika ashulai lahi illa anta astafurika atubu alayka wa dhibillahi min shaitan jim. Subhanallah bihamdi rabbil izzati amma isifun wa salamu ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wal-asr al-insan lafi khusr wa alayhi na'amilu wa amilu al-salihan wa alayhi na'amilu 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 wa